Hello, this is John. Hello, John. How's it going? This is Todd. What's up, Todd? How's it going, man? <laughs> Thank you very much for doing this. This is great. Oh, good. Should I be doing video or? Um, it's up to you. I was doing. I was doing video. Sometimes okay. I, I find it easier to talk when I can see the person's face. There you go. That works. Yeah. Let me, uh, a little more personal, I guess, huh? Yeah, for the sure. Video. Let me put my charger on real quick. Sure. These iPhones don't last too long these days. No. I'm watching the VMAs right now. The Oh, the VMAs. <laughs> Taking a break from work. I, I don't really know any of these people singing. The only reason I know what the VMAs are is because I just saw... Uh, Instagram f photo of Riff Raff and Katy Perry. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> got, she's got pink hair, right, or something? Pink yeah. cornrows. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, what's her name? Her name is... Katy Perry? N Nicki Minaj. Oh, Nicki Minaj. She's got a big booty. Yes, she does. Oh, you know who she is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, thanks for, the, thanks for doing this, yeah. Yeah, thank you. This is exciting. Cool. Yeah. The first time I ever saw you skate in person was in 1996 huh. in, at uh, ASA in Vancouver. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was doing uh, a lot of sidewalks there. Yes, and that was the very first time I ever saw someone do a sidewalk. Yeah. Was when you busted it out, and it just like blew my it was mind. A, I think it was a shotgun rail. Yeah, it was it was one of the big ASA rails. Yeah, it was a shocking steep rail. I don't really remember much of the course. I remember there was a down rail, a launch box, and a quarter pipe. Yeah. Maybe there was more, but. And what was the guy's name from back in the day? He 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 was sick. Uh, he's from Canada. Ah, oh, his name. Think about Dave Ortega. No, he's from Canada. Not Dave Ortega. No, um. He used to ski. I think he used to snowboard too. Not Nicky Adams. Uh, like no, old no, school. He used to drink guy. a lot. He used to smash bottles over his head all the time. Maybe. Dave Jarvis. Dave Jarvis. Yeah. yeah. He did, he disastered yeah. the big rail. That's right. On yeah, the fly he box. Was sick. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> long time ago. That was a long time ago. Vancouver. So, Tell me the story of like how you started skating, how you discovered it, and. Oh, uh, okay. Well, how much time do we have? Lots of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it '92? I actually, you know, like I have, I haven't been. I mean, I've been skating for a long time, but most of the people that I'm surrounded by, maybe because I live in Southern California, they've been skating as long as me, and you know, whether it be. 92, 93, it was 92. Um, about high school, all my friends, um, we just all did the same things, you know. Um, I grew up in a very high populated uh, Asian, Filipino, you know, multicultural uh, school in Milpitas. And, uh, you know, we all just clung together. We're all Filipino, you know, Filipino kids and um, all in the same things. DJing, music, break dancing, um, and then you know I think we just started. Well, what was the first thing we saw? It wasn't airborne. 
It might have been Airborne. We just started seeing it everywhere. And Airborne was, was out in the, uh, the movie Airborne. Yeah. Um, and Chris Edwards was in that. But it was during this time. And then I think we saw Daily Bread. Um, the Purple Issue. That was one of my first Daily Breads. That's the one with Dave, Dave Ortega. Dave Ortega was on the cover of that. But his name wasn't Dave Ortega. It was, it was something else. <laughs> he was doing a soul grind on the the smaller set at the Brooklyn Banks. I don't know if you remember that issue. I don't think so, no. Okay, well, that was the first Daily Bread that I ever uh, I ever saw. So you were already movies. skating at this time when you saw Airborne? and or did... Yeah, I was already skating. Okay, Yeah. and all, all your um, friends were already skating. Yeah, yeah, we were playing hockey first. Okay. Yeah, we were playing street hockey. Um, that's what our whole, the whole city was playing, was role-bidding. You know, everyone was role-bidding back then. Um, and hockey was the entry for, uh, for, for me and my friends. And then we saw Airborne and we saw, you know, we were already kind of doing stuff like rolling downstairs, you know, and, um, but then, and then in like a 93 or so, it just was everywhere, you know, you can see like our, you know, uh, hoax, I think it was hoax that came out like not too far after that. Well, actually there was more, there's like fertile, vertical axis came out. I don't know if you know that movie. It was a yeah, skate film with AJ, AJ was in 40 ounces. Yep. Um, so that was one, another film, and the hoax obviously was the biggest impact. When Arlo came out, and you know, he just blew everybody away with how raw he looked and how his whole persona, and, and you know, I mean, I wanted to be him. You know, he was yeah. like everybody wanted to be him. So he was the, obviously the most. Inf- Actually, he was he was the most influential, but you know, Edwards also, you know, for how big, you know, he can skate as far as, like, the vert and, and parks and, and just how comfortable they were back then on, on transition because back then I couldn't drop into, you know, anything. Yeah. You know, it took me out. Maybe I, could, I was starting to skate transition better. Oh, I don't even know. 94. I just started maybe. Yeah. So it was always just purely street, just skated street. Yeah, because you probably didn't have a – didn't have a skate park in your area or anything like that. Yeah, the, the closest skate park was in Pleasanton. And, you know, it was like 20 minutes, eh, 15, 20 minutes away. But we didn't have big parks. You know, we didn't have vert ramps at all. We didn't have mini yeah. ramps. We didn't have quarter pipes. So, um, actually, the closest one, actually, the closest one was actually Monterey. And that's like uh, that's like an hour and a half from my where I grew up. And um, that's where I met Dayton Coopersmith. Okay. I don't know if you know who Dayton Cooper's yeah. is. He probably do. Of course, yeah. he was skating for all the time. Um, and he he was crazy. He was just he kind of introduced like this whole new world to me in skating. He he um, he just went big, you know. Um, he could skate the launch box properly. He could do airs over that thing like overhead, you know, six foot three sixties. Like back then, that was just insane to me, you know, to everybody because everyone was just street skating. And that was just kind of like what we could do, and we yeah. want, you know, that was the entry for for what we're, you know, for uh, everything. So, but he, uh, Zach Webby Murphy, yeah, he was another guy. Um, he was. They used to do. Uh, they were involved in this team that did shows, launchbox shows called. Uh, it wasn't called Team Parrot. What was it called? It wasn't Team Nouveau because that was in the Bay Area. I can't remember right now. 
They did the Montreal Classic. Oh, Montreal Classic. Oh, what was it? Sea Otter Classic. Sorry. Yeah, my memory is really bad. Sea Otter Classic was a series of contest series that happened. Um, they did like they used to do one a year, and then they, they were doing a couple smaller ones to lead up to the Sea Otter Classic. And this was like the big one, of the bigger contest back then, um, only contest back then, um, and that was in Monterey. And that's where I met um, Zach Webby Murphy and um, Dayton Cooper Smith and um, Team Adventures. I think that's what it was. And they just did these launch box shows. Um, and launch ramp shows, and they would launch over van or cars, and you know, it, it was back then. It was it was cool, but maybe it looks kind of corny now for sure. But back then, it was just like, you know, they were doing it, and no yeah. one else was doing it. So, yeah. um, but anyway, going back, getting back to uh, transitional skating, I guess like that was like Dayton and Zach Bobby Murphy and going to Mon- Monterey a lot. That was like the closest park, and I would go out there with John Starr. Um, who else was there? Some of the San Jose guys, like. Um, but mainly, I used to skate with John Starr like pretty much every day. Yeah. Like, um, as the mid like mid nineties to, you know, to the late nineties started to roll over. John John moved over from San Luis Obispo, or actually Atascadero, and then um, I just I skate with him all the time, so. And there's all the four, also the four away guys like Reduta, um, Rob G, Donnie Garcia. Uh, there's a lot of guys, but that's they were like, you know, they were smaller, like generation younger, you know. But um, we all just kind of, you know, naturally skated together. Yeah. Um, but John Abina, that was another one from Fremont. Skated with him a lot back in the day. Um, Johnny Hedges and Garcia. Eric Garcia, um, I just all the Bay Area. Were you were you skating um, for much longer than a lot of the guys that you're mentioning? Or yeah, yeah, I was. Well, it, it was. It's kind of it, that's what I was trying. I guess I was trying to say that earlier was just I've been skating as long as a lot of people you know that are around these days, and um, I am definitely a generation before maybe Garcia and. Most of the guys, like definitely Rob and and the 408 guys. Me and John are kind of in the same generation, I guess you would say. Um, but I, I pretty much, I guess it was just getting coverage. I was getting a lot more coverage back then. Um, right. Maybe, you know, like I was, like me and Roadhouse, uh, we're pretty much getting to a lot together when I first got sponsored. Like, was it 95, 96? And started traveling a lot with him, you know, and we yeah. were touring and um but that's a there's a whole black spot in the middle that I didn't really mention, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> times times like that's a long time ago. I don't, I don't even know. Ninety ninety two is a long time ago. Shit. Yeah. Um, um cause, yeah, you had clips and hoax too and a lot of people that you named they yeah. like at that time the world hadn't yeah. really heard of them. Yeah, well, Dayton was in that film. You know, yeah. Pat Lennon was in that film. You Who know? was? Pat Lennon. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was. He did a big. He's doing he big, big spins. Big stair. Yeah, big, big stair five forties. Yeah, he was in. There's a section there where we were at Stanford, and if you look there, there's a lot of people that you know. I think Shima might have been there, but I don't think he was in the film. No. That's where I first met Shima. Was in Stanford. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was like. 
I don't know what year that was. But all Bay Area, you know. Yeah. Everyone, you know, all the Bay Area guys, like, we've... Uh, it all start. We, you know, that era, is, there's a lot of guys still around. You know, Garcia. Um, but there's also a lot of people that aren't around anymore. So, right. Um, you're, you're so first... I guess, yeah, after the hoax is when I got sponsored. That was, like, my first... Like yeah, the first, first time people really there. saw yeah, you. Yeah, on, on, on a bigger scale for sure. But I yeah. was in VG um, two. I think that was my first video that I was ever in. Yeah, I think a lot of people, maybe the younger kid, a lot of the younger kids haven't seen that film. Um, it was kind of like a battle my crew in a way. You just pretty much submitted your photos. Oh, sorry, your film, and then Dave and Sean Tallman and uh, Morgan Stone, they the video group, they just kind of picked the best they, that all the contributions they got right plus stuff that they would film of course and put it into this kind of like mixtape type thing and yeah um daniel LaRoche is in that film too i don't know if you've seen vg2 you know you know daniel LaRoche from Montreal. um i've never met him i know of him i've never met him oh no. it's east coast i guess right yeah so he's he you know he uh he used to run destructure yeah the montreal classic yeah, that's run. That was funny because I was. We were just talking about that. I just saw him in Asia, and this is crazy how long we've known some, you know, people in blading. I've known him for so long, so it's yeah. like it's a trip. What's he up to now? Um, he works for uh, Oakley. Okay. Um, he's a he does a lot of their. He, I don't really know his position, but he's he's got a really strong position there in sales and. Um, I know he does a lot of the window dis- like designs for for, for uh, all the stores. Yeah. Certain regions, and he's a, he's a pretty high up there, so he's he's doing pretty good. I'm happy for him. Nice. You know, he's he's been we've been, been through a lot together and seeing where he's gone through in life and stuff. So yeah. he's got a beautiful daughter. Um, uh, I met his new girlfriend, or not new, but new to me. Yeah. Um, so we got to catch up. But I just I saw him in Asia. Yeah, a few months ago. So. Yeah, was he involved with the the destructure in San Francisco? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, he was. He um well um he's he had it was his destructure was his. I think it was Phil. Oh, I forgot Phil's last name. Um, there's a few partners. I'll yeah. just say that. And Danny was one of the major guys, and Ezekway. Um, was living in the city and he was and I was living in the city as well San Francisco yeah. and he, he was really trying to you know open the shop um, blading something blading oriented and um, um, and everyone kind of you know Ezekiel was working with Opalak back then so there was just you know really good energy uh, Tory Tree Cedar as well so it was really good energy with everybody to, and I was doing Volo, so there's a, like a, a lot of really cool energy going on as far as working together and putting something together, especially in a city like San Francisco. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah Danny, was a, um, Danny was a huge part of that. But he's no longer involved in it anymore. Right. Yeah. And Destructure's gone in uh, San Francisco? Um, Ezekiel's still doing it. Oh, is he um, still doing more, it? Yeah, he's, he's still involved as far oh, as crazy. I know, and it's... Uh, it's mainly more of a gallery, or art, arts, uh, like street art, um, street artists, sorry, um, clothing and independent um, local brands, from what I understand. 
not really um, rollerblading anymore? Not really rollerblading, which is unfortunate, but, you know, everyone finds, you know, whatever works for their in their lives. So I Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> kind of a weird situation, but, you know, because it, it started as a blading store and it, it you know, evolved into something something different and yeah um something more marketable um i don't well it's it all depends on what you're into i guess um i mean for that area yeah marketable for that area or profitable i should say um yeah yeah yeah, that makes that's a good term i guess i mean he he's actually the destructure i don't know if you've been to it in san francisco it's in a really good area. It's a yeah. um, lower Haight Street. It's like it's pretty much the art artist area as far as San Francisco goes. Well, there's like Lower Haight and Upper Haight, and Upper Haight has like all the um, like a lot of cool boutiques and stuff. And Lower Haight is kind of known for to being the art artist area. And that was what was really cool about having the shop there. It was like it was very hip and. Um, multicultural you know lots of stuff, cool stuff happening so yeah yeah um yeah. it would it would be, have been a great uh it was it was a great thing we actually had a lot of great times we did a you know a lot of great video premieres and it's a it was it's it is a beautiful space you know um but it, things evolve and people have different you know different ideas and and sometimes you know things don't work out the way they should and um people go different ways and that's kind of basically what happened um uh, and the zeke way is basically um you know that's his thing now so yeah i got nothing but respect for for him and you know we still keep in touch and it's just you know people go different ways that's all yeah for sure yeah you um you've got a really unique perspective because you've you're really involved in the rollerblading industry, obviously, and you travel a lot. Um, like it's your whole life seems to be seems to revolve around rollerblading. A lot of energy and time put into rollerblading, and you have a really global perspective more more global than someone like myself or like most people involved into rollerblading. Um, how how is rollerblading doing? Like, is it is um, I. I mean, from my perspective, it's it's not at the best place. It hasn't yeah. been, um, as far as uh, I don't want to go into numbers or anything. It's just is you know the market's definitely shrunken in the last couple of years. To be honest, um, uh, I feel good personally. Feel good about this year. You know, I've the last two years have been pretty rough for me personally. You know, in my personal life with family stuff, but also. Um, in the business, you know, with Volo and just trying to stay in business and and make things work because of the of the market kind of you know shrinking and or you know adapting to what's you know working as far as sales goes and where people are buying skates and and whatnot. So um, it's tough. You know, yeah. it's tough to be a, a business owner in a small market like ours. And that's that's just the you know God honest truth. And um, but it's we are an industry. We there is a market, you know, and, and yeah. we're not going anywhere. And there are going to be ups. There are going to be downs. And I've learned that you know for 
how long I've been in this business. So yeah, um, I feel good. I mean, I had a good. I'm I'm feeling good this year. You know, we I, personally with the the people that are I'm around and the projects that I, you know, I'm focused on, and just the energy is good. You know, and um, sales are, are are okay, and and we're we're we're, we're able to to keep going and and that's you know ultimately it's a good thing so oh yeah it's a great thing so um you're able to stay uh, alive that's great yeah it's it's tough it's a tough market and i think yeah people should know that and and i I don't know if expectations as sorry that's my dog (laughs) expectations i don't know what people think uh the market of blading is like or or you know I, i don't I don't want to, you know, be totally negative because there's a lot of really amazing stuff happening, you know, a lot of cool things and a lot, a lot of great people, a lot of great projects. And, um, and I, like, again, I don't want to be totally negative, like, you know, it's by saying sales, you know, aren't great, but um, things are moving, things are shaking. And um, you just have, we all just have to continue to keep moving and, and the people that are involved in the, in, the businesses and, and the media, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool things happening. Yeah. Um, for example, the Blading Cup right now, for me, like, personally, I, I'm, like, in Blading Cup mode right now. We just came off a fundraiser uh, yesterday, and it was a very amazing day. Like, uh, I never threw a fundraiser before, so it was, like, uh, kind, of, kind of scary in a way, maybe, and not really sure. What was gonna happen? But I mean, I mean, the concept of fundraiser makes sense. You know, you want to raise money, you want to receive, you know, try to get a, you know, achieve a goal to to pay for something. And in this case, it's bleachers um, for the for their contest. Um, so basically, the whole thing with this was like I really wanted to do. Uh, I've been working with the Lux guy, Lux Armor guys a lot. Yeah. Um, they're based out of Long Beach. They're you know all rollerbladers. Um, they're um, they have a, a nice space in Long Beach. They have it's like a like a duplex warehouse, but they have an outside area where they you know they have a lot of space basically. Um, Lux Armor is a, um, going to be, from my understanding, a clothing and pad pad company. Um, and uh, but anyway, all great guys, Tim Franken, Carlos. Yeah, it's it's all all good friends, all good you know all bladers, and we're all on the same page as far as um, trying to get. Um, Blading Cup to where it can get. Um, I was trying to get Blading Cup to a point where um, we're not losing tons of money. We're you know creating the best event possible. Um, just able to have. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on um, with this event this year. We're we're going to be blocking off the street. Um, I'm working a lot closer with the city. Um, they're supporting the event a lot more this year as far as financially. Um, Enough to, you know, well, there's a lot of details like that that I haven't really addressed, but um, as far as like how it all works, um, but uh, the city's uh, supporting it, and uh, we just got to get to a point where we can kind of display blading, you know, um, to where we want it to, you know, and and that can only happen with teamwork and everyone's involvement, and you know. From the building of the ramps to how everything is, you know, laid out to signage to um, getting all the skaters there, 
and representing. Um, we're, we're put in a very good situation here um, to be able to put a street course in the city, um, yeah. first of all. Um, it's not a common thing in my history to be able to throw down ramps on, on the street and be like, yeah, this is cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, can we do this here? Yeah, you can. Like, okay, uh, cool. You know, like, you, it's never. I've never been in a situation where I've been able to, you know, have an event on the street in the public where the city approves it and police are actually watching, you know, protecting or, you know, making sure everything's okay and where, you know, on the flip side of things when your streets are just kicking you out. So, um, but we're putting in a good, we're, we're putting in a very good situation here. We got, um, we're teaming up with this existing event in, uh, called the Beat Swap Meet. It's a record vinyl show and they're based out of LA they do uh, events nationwide now, but they've been doing it, their event in L.A. and Chinatown. Um, I think they do it three times a year, and they bring thousands of people downtown L.A., you know, just from record collectors, DJs, um, live music, b-boy contests. Um, what else do they do? They obviously food and clothing, kind of streetwear stuff. Anyway, the demographic is, is where we should be. You know, we should be showing blading to this this scene and and or these you know this this general age you know as far as uh who's going to those events and what kind of people are going to those events should see blading should you know yeah uh, b-boys and you know that whole kind of similar there's a lot of similarities you know as far as uh skating and, and that goes so um i got to meet him oh, his name is robbie um through Mako badoza who who you know represented shadow and um, yeah. Power Slide and Chuck Cotton, he's also a little bit from out here from Carson, and they know him very well. And they introduced me to him, and it, it, you know, it's kind of evolved into this thing where he's been trying to come to Orange County, is where where I am, and he's based out of LA, so it's about 45 minutes away. Um, he's been trying to find a venue, and this area in Santa Ana where I'm at right now is of you know it's developing into a really cool place for art for you know good food um, a lot of bars are opening up now and especially on fourth street which is where we're going to be at um, the street course um, this is where where he know he actually knew about this place anyway so he he was trying to find out who was running stuff and and ryan is the property owner which is who i work with and we all you know got together and we came up to this kind of agreement to um, all right, you got your event. We got our event. Let's kind of put them together. For know? sure. And let's get all these people together. So you're just combining two de demographics. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have a b-boy contest. We're gonna have live music. He's bringing a lot of vendors. He hasn't confirmed how many, but he's definitely gonna bring a lot of people here. And yeah. um, the Blading Cup, we bring a lot of people as well. You know, um, from internationally, we you know people will be coming from all over. I already got people coming from Japan and. Europe and um, just every day someone's hitting me up about coming out, so it's good. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor but, Ritchie was uh, yeah. saying he's and Leon are they're going to Bleeding Cup. Leon Bassin cool. and Taylor. Great. Yeah. Are they, are they coming? Yeah, that's what they that's what they said. They're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get a hold of uh, of Leon as well. So that's cool that they're they're looking into it. Yeah. Um, it's really uh, uh, it's kind of something that isn't done as much anymore like you were saying having a street course built like on the street 
and yeah. it totally would attract more of a crowd than just having it at a skate park, you know, because, you know, oh, people are skating at the skate park, big deal. But when there's a yeah. big, like a, a street course is a big display, and there's yeah. all these people, like, in this random place doing this thing, it's more like, oh, let's, let's go check that out, like, what's yeah. going on over there, you know? Definitely, and that was also, you know, for the bleachers, it was a big yeah. deal, and yeah. raising money last year was tough, you know, last two years was tough, and just, you know, the, as going back to the industry and how things are moving, and it's tough to get to get people to sponsor, the companies to sponsor and to invest into uh, something like an event like this, where it does cost a lot of money, so uh, we didn't have bleachers last year, we had bleachers the year before, um, when we put it on TV, um, but... Like again, it's just the money and being able to pay for stuff, and and it's hard to get corporate sponsorship, you know. And um, I wish it was easier, but yeah. you know. But thanks to uh, the property owners here and and the interest and in wanting to happen every year here, it's you know, thank God, people are trying to invest here and. For sure. Um, I just hope it eventually leads to those bigger companies to take notice and, you know, like how about it back in the day with NIST and ASA where a lot of the events were um, on the beach and televised and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, it's a good start. I mean, it's, (laughs) you know, selected selected companies maybe, but I don't know. These days you can't be picky. Why not? Yeah. Take what you can get. Yeah. But I mean, right now for we're like, again, going back to the Blading Cup, the biggest advantage this time is is time. Like uh, I started working on it right after um, the event last year. Um, to be honest, like last year I wasn't gonna do it. Um, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't. I wasn't really motivated to do it. Uh, the event last year, which would have been a real big bummer. We really would have regretted not doing it. So this will be your third year doing it um this will be the fourth year fourth year yeah okay wait yeah this will be the fourth year wow and you've put this on every year or kind of spearheaded everything yeah um the for yes the fourth year now every year but every year it's been a struggle every year has been trying to figure out how to pay for everything and and learning also and how to do this these these kind of events because it costs a lot of money um, you, have to, you have to pay the city. You have to pay for the meters. You have to pay for the police department. You have to pay for the fire department. You have to pay for um, the ramps. You got to pay for the ramps to be built. You got to pay for uh, barriers, tables, tents. Think everything. That you is name a lot. It. Yeah. So who's been, who's paying for all this shit? Um, I mean, we we do get sponsors. You know, people do help. You know, like. Don't get me wrong. Like, like we've we've gotten good. We've just it's just not the the amount of money. Yeah, is not there. You know, it's. But like sponsors within like rollerblading. A little, yeah, and local as well. And outside um, of rollerblading. Yeah, but you know, it's these kind of events are. Uh, to be honest, they cost like, ten to fifteen to twenty grand. Like twenty grand basically is what, um, the TV year cost Jesus. when we had it on TV. And that's like a very, a very slim down budget. Like it, it should cost more, you know. You know um, what we gotta do? We gotta get all the future, all the young, up and coming role players, um, not to get married, not to have a wedding, 
And instead of, because usually people will drop like, you know, yeah, twenty grand yeah, on a wedding. Fuck yeah. weddings. No, no, nobody get married and and have blade blade contests instead. It'll be a lot more fun. That is a lot of money. And then you can just tell your wife, like, we can just go to the Justice of the Peace. Yeah. Like, tomorrow. It might be hard to organize that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you could spearhead that. How about that? Yeah, I'll try. I'll get on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. we can start in Canada. And yeah. then we can work our way down to California. Yeah. But if it's, it's not cheap. And, no. um, but the opportunity is there. And it's like... It's it's tough. It's it's a uh, for me personally. It's a it's a uh, trying to figure out how to make it work. And um, this year it's looking a lot a lot better as far as you know. Everyone, so many contrib- contributors, you know, like from Miguel, the Lux guys, and the city, and you know my wife, and just everybody around is very supportive. You know, um, it's cool and it's. Because everybody understands, you know, this weekend, going back to Saturday, yesterday, uh, we had a fundraiser and we raised, was it four, almost $1,400, you know, it's, nice. it's pretty, I was, I was shocked, you know, so what, like, wow, what, you know, what kind of fundraiser was this? Um, uh, we just had set up a bunch of ramps, um, at the Lux Armor, they have a warehouse, like I said, yeah. um, and it was just to raise money for our bleachers and the bleachers that I did get like two years ago, they like, it was like two grand. Which is pretty expensive, um, and that was our that's our goal, and we hit basically fourteen hundred dollars uh, yesterday. So we're pretty much almost there as nice. far as you know. If anything, I'll just go try to you know I'll look up online and try to find something reasonable around that price range or whatever um, we do raise, you know. Yeah. And whatever else we do get on top of, as far as donations goes, is going to go straight to the prize money. So it's all going straight to the event and. Um, it's all inspired actually by the Winnie City Riot because they were doing their fundraisers. Before, I think they did like um, just seeing it online and Instagram. They were doing like three or four. Um, I think they did three or four, and they were able to, you know, people contributing every event, and you know, it adds up. So totally, um, it's a good way yeah, to do I, it for sure. It was great because like a lot of you know, Be Love, Be Harden showed up, Arlo showed wow. up, um, and. Uh, you know, Richard, you know, from all the way down to like the little aggressive kids from, you know, we have the, this little crew from Carson and they, they were all there. So it was, it was just really cool seeing everybody show up, you know, yeah. it was just like, wow, like a lot of people we haven't seen in a while. And Aldrin Miller from San Diego. And uh, I can't remember. There's a lot of people. So it, it was cool. And everyone was down to help from, from, you know, putting the ramps up to taking them down. So we got to do more of those. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Like, people love to get together. It's yeah, a good excuse to see everybody, have a fundraiser. Yeah, we and, don't have uh, enough of those. And even if it was just to get together, I think, uh, I think they they have a really good thing going over there at Lux. It's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, you, a good space. Were you like selling drinks or just like um, no. taking donations? Oh no, we we we. I mean, but we got a we got a, we got a keg, you know, and we had a. Um, uh, a rollerblader also. He uh, his girlfriend owns a kind of a uh, how do you call it like a catering company, Mexican food, and yeah. you know she gave us a good deal on a bunch of you know carne asada and chicken and tortillas and salsa, and we nice. just had them all out. 
And then it was up, you know, no one had to donate. No one was forced to. Yeah. And some of the guys were pressuring people to donate. They weren't. But, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was just, you know, come in the session. And if you want to donate, you could. And it, just, it was just a, a good vibe. And, and, and pretty much everyone pretty much donated. So, yeah. you know, it was, if you had a dollar, you had a dollar. If you had 10, you had 10. But most, you know, it's crazy because people give me 20s, you know. They're yeah. giving us 20s. And they're like, here, you want some change? And everyone was just like, no, keep it. You know, like. It was, it was awesome. Very so cool. It's really cool that the community came together to understand. You know, everyone understands basically. Going yeah. back to what I was trying to say earlier. Um. But yeah, I feel really good about the event, and it's going to be great on November first. And um, it's also uh, we have an art walk here, like every like, you know, metropolitan area is pretty popular. Like in Long Beach, they have an art walk, and Anaheim they have an art walk. But here, it's every first Saturday of the month. And the Blading Cup falls on that, and it's also Day of the Dead celebration here. And there's a very there's a big um, Spanish population here, so that's a huge, huge deal here. And that's also on the same day. Um, so it's there's a lot there's gonna be a lot going on that day, basically. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect time to do something is when there's lots of things going on and lots of people are in yeah. town checking it out. And yeah. So this is all in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Santa Ana, California. It's like. Uh, the closest airport is John Wayne. It's like 10 minutes away from L.A. Yeah. We're like 45 minutes away. And you, you live here in Santa Ana? Yeah. 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 Um, actually, Roadhouse lives two doors down. He's got a loft. And then over here, Jess Dearenforth, he has a place. And then nice. K.K.'s place is actually on top. Brian Konoski's place is actually right on top of Roadhouse. Crazy. Um, Arlo used to live here, but he had, he had to go to Costa Mesa which is like 10 minutes away because his daughter yeah. she's going to school over there but yeah this is like the role building retirement home that's amazing man yeah it's cool <laughs> sounds cool yeah yeah it's it's funny I guess I, yeah I might move there it sounds great <laughs> cool little community yeah everyone knows each other <laughs> nice <laughs> so uh, how often are you skating these days? Do you still is that still uh, like a, a big a part of what you do? It's part of my my workout my workout regimen. Yeah, just to stay in shape. Um, usually, like I skate three times a week uh, in the morning if by myself. If, if I you know sometimes, but we do a Wednesday Wednesday morning. Um, we do a Wednesday morning. Uh, we kind of switch it up, and a bunch of people get together skate for like an hour or two sometimes more like Miranda Alex Miranda Chuck Cotton a bunch of the Carson kids uh, whoever else is down you know you'll usually have pretty big sessions on Wednesday mornings and then uh, there's Mondays and Fridays and and Farmer just moved pretty close nice so um, we've all been kind of traveling a bit so we haven't really like we went on a couple of sessions at the you know as far as like parks goes but um yeah i skate a lot nice i skate more than i actually have in a long time which is really strange that's awesome and your body's feeling pretty good uh sometimes sometimes i really i walk crooked but (laughs) really (laughs) sometimes it it feels normal it feels good you know but um sorry to walk crooked what did you say yeah yeah well when you're in pain you're sore yeah you walk crooked. Yeah. like with a dead I leg crooked. well i hold my back maybe to the oh, left or right <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 38 in march so holy shit um, i didn't yeah. i didn't know you were 38 
Actually, yeah, I, I kind of thought you were like 33, 34. I wish I was. Yeah. 38. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty old, man. You're a man. <laughs> old man. <laughs> old, old man. That's really cool. But, and but I, I get I get carded a lot, so that keeps me that keeps me like feeling good. Do you? That's like, <laughs> yeah. And my when my wife sees it, and I'm with my wife, and, and these and like I'm at a restaurant, and he's like, "You want a beer? Huh? How old are you?" And she cards me out. It it makes me feel good, you know. Yeah. Because my Still wife got it. Still yeah. got it, kid. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's funny. Yeah. Because like it's like some obscene number. Like, really? You think I'm that young? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's amazing. I think rollerblading keeps you young, you know. Oh, and for sure. It's, it's the, the people you're surrounded by and skating. And, I don't know. Firm believer in that. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, just makes you feel like a kid, going out with your friends and and Definitely. doing doing tricks on rollerblades. Yeah, <laughs> you don't great. really see anybody's age where when you're out there, you know, when you're out. No. Obviously not street skating, but when you're at the skate parks, it's like, I don't see anyone younger or older than me sometimes i mean i just it's just we're all just you know you're at a skate park and you're just skating yeah <laughs> but it's amazing so what uh like what what excites you in skating like how do you define uh, what, what what good skating is or like what a good trick or a good skater is uh what have i been watching i just kind of like when I, you know i watch all, I watch as many of this as I can, you know. I just um, who's what I watched, watched a really cool. I was I was hanging out with Mike McMullen the other day. He was actually the reason why um, I, I you know, we're doing this. He's like, dude, you should go get on the Mushroom podcast. You should get nice. on there and 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 see what's up. And because um, we were watching, I was watching the Seba. It was a Seba edit. It was oh, I can't. Was it Danny Beer? Yeah, Danny Beer and, and the other and Brian the other guy. What's, uh, Brian, yeah, the, yeah. This section is really sick. I, really like, good. Really, really good. Really good skating. Yeah. You know, different. Um, I thought that was really good. And then there's a. Yeah, I gotta be biased and see you know the stuff that we we've been putting out lately with like the strange edit and. Um, I really like. Um, also, I've seen that. I go on the vol side of things is that's what I've obviously work on the most. <laughs> like I, one of my favorite skaters is Sean Darst right yeah. now. I don't know if you know Sean Darst. He's like him and Nick Labar. Um, I got to uh, Carson Starnes. I like Carson skating a lot. Um, all the Atlanta boy, you know, Chris, Chris over there, Chris Smith and Sizemore. He was just here and, um, but like if you had to if you had to describe what it is that that makes for a good trick or a good edit yeah um i'm personally like i just i just like uh control and and when you see you can tell you know it doesn't have to be you know like i was oh i was watching the i don't know what's talking about that. i just saw the kelso's edit they put out and maybe because I haven't seen Sean Santamaria skate in a while, but I just liked how, you know, it was so simple, to, you know, but it was so sick. It was just really, it was just, I don't know. 
there's something like really cool about how he's going about his tricks, you know, and um, it's all personal preference, really, you know. I, I don't know. What, what was the question again? Like what part? Like because everyone. Because like I, I watch there's certain things about everything in skating yeah. that I really like, you know. Yeah. Um, just like, I, it's a tough question for sure. It's yeah. not a simple question, but if you could describe like, if you had to define uh, like certain qualities of skating that really turns you on, like. It's a, it's a tough question, like, because it, it could be so many different things, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and it's not like you're looking for one thing. It's just like, oh. I think ultimately, yeah, Nemo. I, I, I love Nemo skating. He's another one, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, control. Like, when you can tell, like, when Broskow skates, it's like, oh, what you, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah. Like, you just, it, it doesn't, I mean, no, I mean, that sounds kind of funny, but it's just, you can see that you know, I don't know, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but you can see what, like, this guy maybe can see the future, maybe, and he's, like, going to go to point A to point B, and he's got a plan, and he's going to land it, you know? I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense, but I just, you just, when you watch people skate, it's just control, and you, it's just, I admire that. I admire how you can do things however you want whenever you want like i just like half half feet i just half feet. I skated yesterday and I hadn't seen him skate like you know a park in a while or you know just like small small obstacles at the at the fundraiser and it was just it's mind-blowing how much control yeah you know yeah and yeah. i think that ultimately that might, might might be my favorite thing and i like original i like when people get you know creative also and but i guess ultimately it's just Control. Control is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you can be at a park and the guy can do the craziest, you know, gnarly trick, but if it doesn't look like he's under control, it's kind of, it's kind of wacky, maybe. Yeah. But. Precision. Yeah. Like, knowing what you're going to do and being able to execute it, like. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, I, maybe, cause I can't head. do it. Maybe because I don't have that. I just, like, I just was like, you know, it's admirable. It's like, wow, man, that's like when Sizemore skates, I'm just like, dude, you can do everything. <laughs> I've never seen you do that one before. You know, it's like, it's mind blowing. Like Suichiro is another one for me. Like, Yeah, he has a lot of control. He can do anything, you know, like how can you just do anything? Like, yeah, I can't do anything. I'm mean, sorry, everything. <laughs> so when people are like in farm is another one, you know, like. Oh, well, it's he's a big dude, you know. He's tall. He's like yeah, and he just he gets down with like the most technical stuff on big and big obstacles, you know. It just blows my mind. Like when he I was out skating the other day and he did this zero negative top acid on this crazy rail. It's like a lot of bad things against the wall. You know? A lot of bad things can happen. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, but he's got the control. You know, I guess it just goes back to that. It's just, you can Control. just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you have you heard of uh, Dustin Jameson? Sounds familiar. He's from outside, just outside of Portland. Um, he broke his yep. leg like a couple of years ago. Oh. But he's like he's really good. He's recovered. I was at popcorn popularity contest um, on Saturday, 
and he won. And he had intense control. Just, like, <laughs> crazy. And he was a tall yeah. kid, and, like, he would just do things and make it Wait, look like... Wait, does he ride... Does he ride M12 V13s? Yeah. Yeah, he's on Volvos. I, he just put out an edit. Did he? Did he? That was a question. Uh, I'm not sure. I just saw... Because I saw... This, I, I was on Facebook and David posted this edit. Is that him? Maybe. He kind of... I don't he's know. tall. But he's taller? Tall, skinny. Yeah. 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 I think this is the same dude. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, he's Might sick. Be. Yeah. I was really impressed watching him skate in person. Very yeah. consistent and just could do hard things and make it look very effortless and easy. Mm. Pretty amazing. But yeah, he yeah. won. He won the contest. Oh really? Sick. Yeah. Oh, another thing too. I mean, maybe it's not just that aspect, but you know, Arlo. There's certain people's style just you know it's timeless, and no matter what they do, you just want to watch them skate. Yeah. You know. When it's Whenever, a very signature you know, kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, this is kind of far away from now, but when I, I was in Australia and I saw Dion Anthony skate, or was with him hanging out, and we went skating, but he he has this it thing, you know? Like this amazing style that is timeless. And oh, yeah. You just, you just can't, whatever he does, man, it's going to be sick, and you just, you know? Yeah, it's called yeah. fucking sexy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That works, too. Yeah. <laughs> um... Who else has that? Like, uh, there's a lot of people that that have had that. And TJ Weber. Uh, way ahead of his time too. TJ was, but yeah, yeah Dion. Um, very, uh, very, very signature styles. Mm-hmm. You could see a, just a silhouette of them and, and yeah. know exactly who they are. Just by exactly. The way they move their body—it's crazy how, how signature a person's rollerblading can can get. How it can become like irreplicable. Yeah. Yeah, like you're—I I don't want to blow steam up your ass, but I've spent like hours and hours watching your skating, from like volume. I must have watched volume like well over a hundred times. Oh man, really? That was yeah. a long part. That was like, you sure? That's like a long part. Like I've, don't, I've long. watched. I've, I bet I've watched the whole <laughs> video, because like volume was in the era before the internet, man, and it was like we had ten videos yeah. on, on the on playlist, yeah, on rotation, yeah. and usually like eight of them were whack. So it was like volume and. So you liked volume? Yeah, I loved volume. Cool. That was a lot of work. That was. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stories behind that video. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but I, I, that was a hard one to do. Because I pretty much, I pretty much, you know, what's the word? I I didn't edit the whole thing, but I I was basically in charge of that whole project. And okay. It, at that time, it was it, it was tough because there's a lot of people to say to lot to uh, impress and want them to be like the video, like. There's high standards basically, and from Brooke to Jazz to Ethan, um, and Pat Parnell was involved. So yeah. basically, Brooke Howard Smith, Jess Dearenforth, Ethan Jenkins, um, Pat Parnell, obviously Dustin, Josh, and me. Um, 
it was it was a stressful project. It took a lot, and Brian Smith was involved as well. Yeah, he helped. Um, we usually we used his had system. Had some tricks. Um, did Brian Smith have tricks? Yeah. In that video, he did, huh? Yeah. He had to have. He had to have. Didn't he do? He did like sweat stance to Royale, with like a cut off t shirt. In Probably. a in an event. It's where Matt Lindor oh, yeah. did the crazy like transfer gap thing. Was it Matt Lindemith? Uh, I don't know. Some like European park skater dude did something insane. England. Yeah, that video is amazing, man. That's one of my like. That's, I gotta watch it again. Yeah, it's so sick. Yeah, but you know when we finished it, it, no one was happy with it. Everyone hated. It. Well, not everyone, but I, I I gave the video to Brooke, and him and Pat. Just I think it was just them too, pretty sure because I think Jess liked it and Ethan was like you know. I think he liked it too, but Brooke and Pat just annihilated it. They're like, "Man, this is terrible." Basically, what? And I was, you know, I was, it wasn't the finished version yet. It yeah. was just, it was up to Dustin's first first section. It was basically almost done, and then Dustin's first part because the change, the song changes. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Into kind of like a more shadow DJ shadow part section yep. a song. I think it probably was. And I just gave up after that. I hate to say that, but I kind of just said, you know what? You guys don't like the fucking video. This, I'm just gonna finish it, and that's it. And I was just pissed because me and Brian and TJ was helping too. Me and we're all just like kind of, you know, kind of fed up with it and just finish it. And then wow, it, it was kind of like that's not so a finished project. To hear. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like so. Just, you kind of just I, like I, threw I, the rest together because you were frustrated. You know, I mean, I don't want to say it that way, but kind of because. I just didn't have the same drive. But, yeah, that's that's um, that's really discouraging when you know when you work really hard on something and then people. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit on it's it. it's understandable, you know, like everyone has their opinions. But at back then, I took it took it to heart. Yeah, for <laughs> Cause sure. Because I respect those guys so much, you know. It's like I really didn't want to let them down, and then you know, it was just deadlines. You obviously have deadlines, and you try to finish something. And I was going to Brian Smith's house like a lot, you know, just. And he lives in he lives in Venice Beach, at the time, and I live in Laguna Beach with Jess. And I was just you know going back and forth, and I don't know. It was just a lot. It was a headache. I I can even remember it to now. That it wasn't all fun. But shit. Yeah, and then yeah. Me, it, looking back now, I, those were great times for sure. But yeah, just that particular project. Was, so since making it have you heard other people's reviews on it like what they oh yeah because to me that's like a classic video yeah yeah everyone likes it it's really good how many years it's been out but so for the most part from people say like the skating the editing like the music the skating yeah very classic try to get yeah back then was kind of and this whole weird hip hop like trying to find the most obscure (laughs) sounding songs and that's that's what what I guess the soundtrack was but I love it there was a lot of the the intro the intro was really moody like with the rainy kind of shots in England and yeah I think what it was it was just everyone's like kind of input and it was just jumbled into this thing and then it wasn't what Brooke and Pat really 
wanted maybe and then i don't know hmm. anyway it doesn't matter at this point yeah <laughs> it's interesting though it's just funny talking about it right now anyway in general <laughs> <laughs> such a long time ago talking about I'm, I'm like talking like it was like yesterday <laughs> yeah it's crazy how you can remember those things like yeah i guess having this kind of converse this conversation is good for that maybe oh for sure long time ago yeah another i also yeah i watched coup d'etat how do you say that is it coup d'etat how do you coup d'etat coup d'etat coup d'etat if I if I try to pronounce it properly, I feel like an asshole. It's like I feel like I should say coup de tat. It's like if you say sans serif. <laughs> no one no one says no one says sans serif. They say sans serif. Yeah, we say sans serif. But like uh, French, like a I, French person would pronounce it sans, like sans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that, that sounds funny too. If I say sans sans serif, like I'm trying to be like really smart I'm, you know oh, I feel okay. the same way when I say coup d'etat I love the video <laughs> coup d'etat it's stuck though yeah it, it, it worked somehow yeah right? um, also a long time ago crazy great, yeah great but yeah that's also a video that people keep you know bringing back always mention as, yeah always mention yeah yeah but it's kind of creepy. It's hard not to. Those, those, everyone's names on there, like from Shima to uh, Dustin and Josh. So yeah, a lot of big names. It was yeah. like uh, in the glory days of USD. You guys were ballers. Yeah, we ballers. <laughs> like yeah, ballers. Like with a Z, ballers. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, like I, I mean, like from from my perspective, as mm-hmm. like a. How old would I have been? Maybe, I don't know, 19 or 20-ish? Yeah. Uh, How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, from my perspective, when that video came out, it was really like, you guys were up on a pedestal, big time, you know? And Crazy, yeah. Like, the skating in, in that video was just... Like, man, I seriously would... I watched that video like 500 times. Like, it's ridiculous how much time in my life I've spent staring at you. You know what? <laughs> it's creepy. It's, it's kind of strange. <laughs> A lot of fucking time. <laughs> uh, like, but I've never talked to you, so it's like I know you in kind of a weird way because I know how you yeah. express yourself on rollerblades. And I've heard your voice right. here and there, but like... yeah. So does it feel like you know me still as we were talking, or is yeah. it like weird? All right, no, there you go. Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, we met in Amsterdam. I mean, I guess I guess well. I kind of had that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We we met in Amsterdam at uh, a NYTA. Really? As well, like uh, what was it? Two thousand five ish. Two thousand five. Was that the one where you were? Th- everyone was. Destroying their hands on that one down rail. Probably. Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo jumped over the bridge and hit his head. The the last spot was that someone was tried to do that massive like leap of faith, um, size. Oh, that's gap. a different one. Yeah, that's like a year later. Yeah. That was Albert Huey. Albert Huey won that one, right? King Trail. I can't even remember who won that. Was there one. a King Trail in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. 
Albert Hui won that one. Yeah. And Ollie Short was there and Charles Dunkel. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, who else was in there? Someone did. Did someone try to jump over that wall? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's really? in. It's in. Uh, better than baseball. One of our videos. Oh shit. That was one remember. of the things we filmed there. Right. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. It's, it's just, huge. you know you know what I was thinking about it. It freaks me out knowing how much crazy shit happened in those contests. Like oh, yeah. the scariest shit that went down. People destroying themselves. Like there was like a. a like a four or five year span of street contests where yeah. the bar was just through the roof. The amplitude was yeah. just insanity. Yeah. Like when you put on, cause you did all the IMYTAs as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the energy level at those events were just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, that's what that energy level kept it going pretty much because with, uh, on, on a on a more business side of things, it was definitely not the smartest thing to do, as far as you know, going rogue and just going out to the street spot and get you know five hundred people there. And, <laughs> oh, this is going to be okay, you know. Yeah. Like we could do this here in downtown San Francisco, and no one's going to kick us out. Like, and that's how it was. Like the first couple of years, you know. Yeah. We it was we didn't have insurance. Maybe the first year, but the second year we we're definitely more organized but but the energy of the first year definitely carried it for its whole you know the whole tenure like for as long as it existed it just got too crazy with you know people we, we actually did an event in LA in the last years of it and at the college and we had permits and whatnot but uh people were pissing pissing in the bushes and destroying the the flowers and and just you know jumping on top of shit and just being normal it just if you were going to walk around anywhere you do probably you wouldn't piss in this but you would just walk anywhere but people just were walking on expensive flowers you know yeah so it was like after the whole thing we got a, i think we got a letter or mike wilson he was he was working for solomon at that time he's the team manager and he me and him were working very closely on every event and you know we got a letter in the mail or he did thank god i mean i wouldn't freaked out if i saw it but it was like ucla is suing you for x amount of dollars and it was a lot i can't remember what it was now it's in the thousands and uh we got out of it somehow where we had to only pay a little bit i don't know how it worked out but mike did his magic but after that it was like you know what maybe we probably shouldn't be doing this anymore you yeah know? and we've had a few other things you know people people have hurt themselves ambulances coming out you know and picking up people and at schools where we don't really have permission to you know obviously so it was really sketchy sometimes and it, it was it, it boggles my mind knowing that we did it for so long and the craziest stuff went down and yeah. nothing really serious happened i mean some bad uh, stuff happened okay people got hurt but like you know like no one got sued from another person. No one got really hurt, I guess, you know, fatally. Yeah. Um, so it, it's definitely, it definitely, definitely should have ended when it ended, I guess, for sure. Yeah. For me, at least. So, I mean, street contests still go on, and that's great. And um, 
I'm not trying to to knock them. I mean, just from my experience, maybe it sounds like I am, but I just for me, I just, it's, it, in terms it's of not, like taking yeah. on the responsibility of it and running it, yeah, is yeah, because when you have it's dangerous, yeah. Anything, yeah, you're promoting it, and you you have to make sure you have an event, and you know you have to make sure everyone's you know having to stoked, and there's a there's a there's a beginning and there's an end, you know, you're gonna have a a winner, you know, you have to have a winner in the end, and it's the responsibility for the industry too, because you're 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 creating this thing that people are, are are supporting. And but if you don't, you know, if you can't pull through and create the event the way it should be, then why do it? And yeah, that's kind of what happened to that, you know. And people because there's so yeah, there's they, they ask for it still. People bring it back, you know, like yeah. <laughs> bring it back, shit. <laughs> But but I understand it. I understand. You know, I understand how how amazing it was. I understand definitely, dude. I was in the middle of it all and saw how much excitement it, there was. You know. Yeah. And it it was great. But anyway, it's uh, it's it is pretty amazing that none of them were really flops. Like it always worked out, and and because none of the spots were licensed because you know it was totally just gangster going out on the street and doing it, it, it I mean I don't know if you see probably, I mean the France one was the first France one was crazy yeah the one the Shima one like yeah. that was crazy there were so many people there and just out on the street for all day like we were there all day yeah <laughs> it's just that whole wave of people it's just like no one's coming over to stop us, you know? It's just... It was crazy. Yeah. In Europe, you felt a little more safer. I did, at least. Because they were a lot more lenient, maybe. Like, you didn't see a cop in every corner, like, looking for you to skate and break something. Or, you know... I just felt a little safer there. Maybe because I'm not European or French or, or from Holland or something. But I definitely... I think, I think that's what we did also. We kind of veered... The events to more going to Europe instead of the States um, as, as the years progressed because we did a lot in America we did Detroit a lot a couple times we did LA we did where else did we do Chicago I don't remember New York a couple times um, Montreal yeah um, I felt I like Montreal was good because I mean I, I feel like you know, I wasn't in America. I don't know. Yeah. No one was gonna, no one was gonna drag me down or bring me to jail. Oh, in San Jose, we did the finals, and, and um, the cops pulled me to the side, and there, you know, I was scared. I remember being scared at that one because yeah. um, there was a lot of people, and I, to, I can't remember right now what happened, but I got out of it, and, but somehow. Yeah, I think we just moved. What well, we think we did, we moved to a different school, mm-hmm. and I just said, "Hey, we're all leaving." You know, like all three hundred of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going somewhere else. But anyway, man, yeah, that's a quite a wealth of experiences. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely crazy times. Um. In 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 rollerblading, it seems like 
people who ride for Volo yeah stick around like they don't really jump ship as you as much as you see in other companies okay uh why do you think that is um maybe because I'm me and I'm pretty honest with everything yeah I don't I mean I don't know I they're all my everyone's really good friends that's probably the biggest thing but yeah um, I, the program is honest, I guess, as I was trying to say. Like, I don't really pressure anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have like a specific guideline, you know. To I need like you to put an edit out. Quota. You know, there's not. I mean, I ultimately. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be ultimately great to have everyone, you know, participate as, to the best of their ability. I think everybody knows that. Um, but I mean, it's role playing, you know, it's like, it's just, it should, it is what it is, you know? And if you want to, if you want to be active, you you be active. If you don't, yeah. you don't. And I don't, you know, I always look at it as like when I was sponsored, I'd like to do things and I hated to be told what to do, yeah. you know, like. No one wants to be told what to do by anybody. And it really. affects your performance, right? If you're doing something that you're not that as into, if you're yeah. just forcing it, you're not gonna skate as good. You're not yeah. gonna be as into yeah. it. Um, but it's it's all relative. Also, it depends on the situation. It's yeah. like if you're gonna go to Europe and you're going there for a contest, you're gonna skate the contest. Yeah. You know, like that's why you're being flown there. You're, you know, and you know, I never had a bad situation like that with Volo. I mean, with when I was the other companies, yeah. Those kind of things. And it blows my mind knowing those things happen, thinking about now running my own thing, like, holy shit, you know, like guys used to show up to ASA in like, you know, Germany and be like, not skating. Yeah. You know? Oh I'm hurt or you know, like, you're not hurt, bro, you know? You're skateboarding right now. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be hurt? But you know, you know, it's it's all, you know, it, there's like a, there's like a lot of things that it, it involve everyone's, you know, in, with the company and ultimately you just like to hang out with each other and, and have the same ideas and, and try to create things that make sense instead of, instead of like come up, like force, force, like something that doesn't, if that makes sense, like right. create a project that you want to do and would be fun. Yeah, but don't don't like, not force something that's just gonna look, look forced and feel forced. You know, totally. that makes sense. Oh but yeah, I don't. I try, I try to just go with the flow with everything. You know, and I think everyone does does that too. And um, and I guess that question would go. For, I mean, that that kind of question you probably should ask like people. Like Alex or Eric? Ask them, maybe. yeah. <laughs> it is. It's very commendable. I, I just have an idea. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very awesome that you know, the core guys that were there from the beginning are still there. They have, like Broskow, Bailey, uh, Suetchiro has been there pretty much since the beginning. Um, it's, uh, it's refreshing to see like a long-term team. That yeah, I mean, I do the best I can. Yeah, you know, that's that's just. 
that's just all, all I can do. You know, we, I do the best I can to facilitate the brand's needs for from A to Z, from creating something or designing something to sampling it, to manufacturing it, to, to packaging it, to selling it to a place to buy it and then ship it out to the dude so they can sell it. So like whatever it takes to make that happen and then whatever it takes for the team to be a team at the minimalist, I try to do the best that I can because there's only so much money in, in our industry, yeah. you know? So, and everyone knows that and everyone knows we're going to do the best that we can with whatever we got and whatever's being sold. And that's just pretty much it. You know, that's how yeah. the companies run. And if you don't, if people, you know, didn't like it, they don't like it, then they probably would leave, you know? So, yeah. And if they were leaving and if people were leaving, then I would under, I would, I would be like, Hey, maybe I'm doing something wrong, you know, or maybe like my ideas aren't that good or something is, a, you know, disarray. And I try to fix it. So, yeah. um, it's a, every day is a different challenge too. Like there's always something new and there's always, um, uh, a fire to, you know, there's always small fires. There's always, but you know, and then you have days like yesterday where it's so, it was just awesome. It's just, that's what it's all about. It's just having that, those people there skating together and just knowing that this shit's still here, you know, and that's, and people care about it and people want to do it. And, and that's why that's the most important thing to me. You know, and everything else is just, you know, just try to get to that point. Just, just yeah. try to get people motivated, inspired. You know, we've got a lot of people at Blade now that that are, are running their own businesses and, and um, are involved. You know, they're 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 either contributing money or they're using their business to like help whatever uh, we need to do. You know, like for example, Mecha Design is run by Alejo. He's a blader. Blading, he's from Colombia, but he lives here now. And it's a design studio. He does like signage he does uh stickers he does you know shirts now he does everything and he's a blader and we use him for you know he we, we work together and we create you know what we think um the blading companies for example or even for volo he helps a lot with all all the stuff for that and um what else there's or from the film side of things you know there's People are like, everyone is contributing and helping in one way or another. Um, I'm trying to think without the food. Like, John Pez, he's a blader, you know, the food is run by by that, you know. So there's, from the catering standpoint, um, artists, like Tyler Martz, you know, he's designing the Blading Cup logo right now. He's an amazing artist, you know, he's, he's, he's like, blowing up right now he's i don't know if you catch if you follow all his stuff but he's an amazing artist and he's what's his name lot. kyler marks tyler marks kyler 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 marks Ky yeah. kyler yeah yeah kyler marks you should look him up i will he's uh he's doing a really amazing stuff and um he's getting pretty you know, he's, he's, like he's got a lot of big following so i'm excited for him i've known him for a long time too he's like bailey's best friend from boise Nice. And he actually lives closer to you. He lives in Seattle. Um, but he's amazingly talented at what he does. 
Cool. Um, I don't know. There's, there's just a. Uh, kind of lost my train of thought, actually. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. exciting that there's a lot of role players that are talented in different areas that are down to kind of collaborate. That's yep. That's powerful. Definitely. It really yeah. it is powerful. Definitely. Yeah. And it it helps all across the board for sure. Yeah. So. You 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 are you're obviously um um optimistic about the future and like uh <clears throat> Do you have a goal with what you with what you do? Do you have any kind of place in the future where you would like to be when you dream about an ideal kind of situation, or, or I, just... I'd like I, I'd like to see it where the market's got more money. You know, definitely. I think that we're all shooting for that. We're all shooting for younger kids to be exposed to to this, you know, to what we do and how you know and this whole culture and. Um, I, that's my ultimate goal is to get yeah. as many kids exposed to, to what we do as possible and that's always been the goal um, with the events with the, from the IMYTAs to, to to TV show that you know that yeah. cost a fortune is there anything that you would like to do but money is kind of a restriction and you kind of think oh when I I'm, I'm like, when I have a bigger uh, yeah, budget yeah, I'll do question. this and this not really. I think I think it needs to be where. I mean, I obviously I would love to get more money from from people to create better events to create, give to pay more skaters. But I'd like it to happen all honestly. You know, I like it to to grow naturally, and I like the people to like. That's how things last longer, and that's how people, you know, stick around. Is is you just figure it out, and you understand this is sick. This is like. I can get down with this. I yeah. like this. I like how this how skating looks. I like I like how it feels. I like how that skate looks. I like where you know, like people need to just figure it out, see it. I think yeah. none of people and see experience it as often it. as they should. So, yeah. Um, but as far as financially, like yeah, right now it'd be great if we had like ten more grand to pay out the for the wedding cup. So yeah. that you know, like who's gonna skate the cup? If Montre or or whoever wins the contest, or you know, Haffy, they get 10, 20 grand. That 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 would be amazing. You know, that's that's the goal is to have an industry that can support itself and and have kids like skaters live off it. You know, yeah. And it should be that way, um, more as many as possible. You know, and to to have a community, have all communities internationally. Um, do those do the same thing we're doing here you know i think that's that would be a good goal that would be a good goal is to have a blading cup type event you know where or bladers like in you know in whatever metropolitan cities are teaming up with the property owners or people who have money in their specific cities and create these kind of events that expose people you know, to blading and whether it be on a street course a vert ramp or you know, if you're doing cones down the street, you know, just get people to see it. You know, there's a lot, you know, what a lot of people I've noticed a lot. I learned this from the beat swap me. He just attaches his events to existing events. Like his events, it's a big event. He has a following, but if there's a big festival in Chicago, 
where they're going to be playing music and blah, 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 or they have live music, and he he basically approaches them, and he's like, yeah, this is what I do, and this makes work makes sense. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. That's, that could that's be a good. That's a that's, great approach. That's something that, mm, I don't know. I mean, someone's got to do it to, for it to happen, but that's just an idea, you know? Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I just, yeah, just going back to getting more people on skates and, and um, the community is important, you know? Like, yesterday it was so, so cool. I mean, I think if that happened in every city, even just that, you know, and it's just like, it was awesome, you know? Like, um, yeah. today I was just like, ah, oh, it feels so good today. It was just, ah, yesterday was amazing, you know? It was a small event, a lot of people showed up, that oh, was just, you know? That's like, that's gonna fuel a fire for people, and that's what we need to keep doing. Um, but yeah, going back to like that, like if there was more money in the market, people buying more product, um, everybody would get get you know, be more secure, and we'd have an environment where people can look forward to, like if younger people, you know, younger kids can be like, yeah. I look forward to that, you know. Um, and a good, another good idea, kind of the same thing that we're talking about. Um, I was hanging out with Miguel Ramos, and um, and he was he had a really you know he he he's really uh, advocated on bringing back the tours like the NIST ones, where how the NIST was and how the ASA was, and and not necessarily obviously it's it's a it's a big scale. It's like, oh yeah, let's do an ASA. Let's just go cross country and do a huge pro tour. And it's obviously um, not really realistic right now. But that concept makes sense. You know, that's exposed. You know, having the, the NIST finals on Huntington Beach being exposed to a lot of people, um, that makes sense. A lot of people see it, and that's where you know, that's where it all started. You know, and um, that that concept makes sense to me. Like, yeah, touring. You know, and uh, exposing people where people are at. Obi did a great job. Obi did that Blading Cup qualifier, Michael Mendoza. Um, he did Blading Cup qualifier. Well, he did his event um, at the Love Long Beach Festival. And that there was like thousands of people there. Yeah. And he found, he. I'm not sure how his relationship grew from the guy who ran that event, but he offered it to him. He just said, you can take the parking lot. And he took the parking lot and they threw an event there and there's just traffic all day, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I can help encourage people to do some sort of things like that. That's a great uh, approach to, to, do, to mix it with festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and sense, really. they want people to yeah. do things at their festival, so they're going to support you. And, and festivals are big. Festivals yeah. are everywhere. Some, you know, barbecue festival, uh, music festival, uh, I don't know, anything. Yeah. So... I guess I think it's I think it's possible. I yeah. don't see why it's already kind of happening, but if that was happening nationwide, that would be awesome. I guess you know. Do you uh, do you think about uh, like formats of contests? I do. You know, I actually thought about that. Uh, I have I've had them obviously because of the Blading Cup. Um, I just remember the days when um, we did runs. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, how people hate them. But I, I was thinking about how people, li I liked them. You know, it was like, you got, you know, 
I thought about Bailey basically because Bailey was so good and so consistent in that contest and yeah. that, that format, and, and he just could do everything and link it up like and Jeff, the, like Jeff Stockwell. He's the kind of skater, yeah, that would excel in that format. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it was, it, it's fun to watch, but then you got people like me out there, like can do two tricks, and it's like, oh, that's all I got, bro. You know, like, <laughs> so there's different kind of, you know, there's like a. It's it's fun to watch when I guess my point is it's fun to watch when you you got people who can do it well. Yeah. Like like a Bailey. It's a certain breed well. that can really yeah. do it well. Connecting. Yeah. Very well yeah. And, and amplitude and you can go big you know like Aragon you know like yeah. He's a perfect example of that. It's like you have to be able to, if you're gonna go big, you have to be able to go big in a way that you can keep going. Yeah. Like you can't do a big drop to flat. That's me. <laughs> That's like... me. That's what I would do every time. <laughs> yeah, I could probably do like a, a, a grind down that big thing and then then I'd stop. <laughs> that was just my stock. I was never good at contests. <laughs> That's funny that you brought up lines because, yeah, I've been thinking about how sick lines were and uh, yeah. how sick they could still be like if, with the right skaters, like you say. Um even with even with shitty skaters, like it was still fun to watch their run, and it, yeah. I think it was still Not very getting, interesting no. for yeah, yeah. for the general public. What's um, he gonna do next? You know? Yeah, oh, it's so, it's yeah. interesting, and all eyes are on the one person, you know. Yeah. As opposed to like a like a session style or like a heat style where there's many people skating at once, it's you yeah. get like really personal with the one person, and yeah, he almost maybe has you root to be for him. A, You're like. Yeah. Yeah, man. Come on. He he's gonna go and he's hopefully lands it this time. Yeah. No, we didn't. Damn it. Yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. So, so it's like uh, it's like figure just, skating. Like people tough. get figure skating. What's that? Sorry. It's like figure skating. Like people understand. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. person's gonna go and it's gonna be like one or two minutes of this one person, and yeah. and for a from a broadcast perspective, like for filming it and showing it, runs oh, do make so the most easier. most sense. You know. Yeah, it'd be way easier. Yeah. You but. wouldn't have that DSLR footage shaking everywhere, like. <laughs> yeah. But uh. But you know, like the whole movement to the jam format. It's more exciting, I guess. You know. It allows. Well, I don't for... like. I don't like the jam format because it just keeps going. You know, when you do a run, right. you're like, "That's your time." That's it. Yeah. That's all you got. In the jam format, it's like, dude, it's like half an hour, bro. Like, yeah, it's you know, really hard it's to get people to stop. It's like, okay, yeah. we're done. One more trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, both have their advantages. But uh, yeah. the lines contests are kind of a lost art, except for like you got the, I guess, X Games, like Don't Asia f- and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, no, that, that, that's actually, that was, that was actually a sick event to me. Maybe because it's refreshing, because and were, all you were know, Asian you skaters are really—they're really consistent. Yeah, yeah, they did the runs. Nice, and so, you were you were there at the yeah. I judged event. it. Oh, nice. I judged it. So. Yeah, I judged it with Danny LaRoche. Yeah. Mike Michael Pallick. Crazy. Uh, John Elliott. John Elliott. Nice. And who was the last guy? I think that was it. Was this? this February. Year's? February. Yeah, the one who okay, won it. Yeah. CJ won it. Right, yeah. I saw, like, the CJ, television footage. and then Suichiro, and then Yuto. That was the... And then Takeshi won the vert. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Who's going to beat him? Yeah. But, yeah, it was... It was a... 
it, it, it was great because all those dudes are sick at transition and they, they can connect lines and they go big and they're consistent. Yeah. Definitely. So, if you think about it, it, it emphasizes how, cons- you know, how professional skaters can be because they are consistent, you know, yeah. and they can keep doing it up to a certain level and not fall, you know? Yeah. And the cardio level and the level of focus, like not to crumble under yeah. the pressure. Cause it is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I remember doing it at just like ghetto Canada contests and, and there was a lot of pressure. I couldn't imagine doing it with like television crews and on stage. Yeah, yeah, like you gotta be able to deal with that and perform when you have to perform. Like it is yeah. really admirable, and people do would. Yeah, you have to be a, like a professional athlete to be mm-hmm. able to do that. Matt Salerno. Yeah, Matt Salerno. Yeah. So if you look, because you were at like the the heyday of ASA contests and and, yeah. and to to look at it now. Um, how has the level of skating changed? Um, because it seems like back then, like there was. I think the style, the styles were more refined. I would say. Yeah. Way more refined. I think it's like the top dudes right now. Like, it's way more like. What's the word? Like modern, maybe. Like it's just. More control, refined. maybe. Like. Yeah, the control thing comes back into play. Like, I mean, like people back then, like there's there was Matt Salerno, there was Tim Ward. Um, Feinberg was pretty good. Feinberg was a bit later, but he yeah he was. He was gnarly. He was like, he was probably he was probably like. Maybe it's the same level as like a halfy right now, and like you know, as far as like, how big he was going in contests and how consistent he was, you know, yeah. like. Because he was he was definitely ahead of a lot of people with the technicality of the tricks he was doing, but the amplitude, like the true sap, you know, like he would do that down the biggest shit. Yeah. Back then it was like people just started doing that trick or something, and he just he would just do whatever uh, he wanted, and the big five forty transfers, like is he gonna land that, you know, or. And, and or you know like big gaps and he would just push it he would push the envelope and um and he could probably yeah he would fit right in to like I don't know that, I guess that would, it's more refined is probably the best best way I can describe it as far as the styles and and, and how things look yeah I'm it's interesting to skating back then it's interesting because the skating is definitely more mature now. Um, it, the top people are a lot older than they were back then, and and that shows in in how much control they have on their skates. But it was like back then, like sk- skating those big parks was such a like a more common thing, and a more like because ASAs were quite frequent and yeah. And there was like a big incentive to be good at runs and to be good at doing what we're talking about, like doing big tricks, but keeping the flow and doing everything consistently. Whereas the focus now for the last few years has been more of like the session format. I mean, one, one thing is like the tricks, the, the, the I think the diff- one difference is 
the flow would always you always want to have a flow for sure but the, the in-between tricks would be very basic back then you know yeah like yeah. like you do the 540 360 year of the box then you just back you know backside royale the next thing to keep your speed yeah and then you yeah. do like soul grind the next thing and then but then you do an air you know it was very yeah, it's a lot more basic basic you know and nowadays obviously the technicality is is insane and in the amount of the the, diff, the the level of tricks is like you know light years ahead from last from those those days so yeah, yeah. um but like yeah, i think I it, yeah I know, just just in theory, just like or just imagining a scenario where where comps like those ASAs were as prevalent today as they were, the skating would yeah. just be unreal. But I you mean, know, like, and, like the skating Aragon, is unreal. But if Hathi and Aragon were 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 skating them, you know, when yeah. they were around, like they were Broskow too, they were qualified through the V Pro through those events. So they yeah. were they got they had their chance. They had not chance. They had their time. You know to skate to skate those events for sure. It's a shame they're not around anymore. But um, like it be it would be sick. Maybe it'll uh, happen it, again. It might not be like a fun life for them, but it would be so sick to see like a, a pro tour where where there was like ten of these events a year or something like that, and there was like pretty big cash incentives for these guys to like really compete yeah. over and push like that style of of skating like it would be so but, you know, beautiful to watch like the top runs like to see that's basically what the top what daily runs and... it's a good opportunity you know it's a good opportunity for everyone to, to for the sport to be exposed also because it yeah. was on tv and it was not just tv but it was in the cities the big cities where people you know thousands of people will come watch so it's uh yeah maybe this needs to happen again well i guess it was back to our original talk our conversation yeah i'll just totally uh change the subject have you seen slow-mo the documentary slow-mo is it about it's about a uh a guy who was a doctor for like most of his life and uh, at a at an older age, he gave it up, and he just like rollerblades on Venice Beach. Really. And uh, interesting. He's like this older guy, um, and he skates in a really unique style where he he skates in slow motion, where he's like on one foot and his body is like facing forward, and he he just loves it. He has like this theory about the mind state that it puts him in, and he talks about all his all of its uh meditative qualities and he just like he skates for hours and hours like every day like that's his life now is he just loves rollerblading it's really really fascinating yeah i recommend it i'll look into it yeah yeah hmm. so he's got enough money in the bank to be able to do that i guess yeah he, or he's, he's, or he's he a doctor he's, money. he apparently he just like has a really simple life yeah a small you know a small condo basically a, a nice cheap retirement life and he just rollerblades he just loves to rollerblade yeah and the documentary is super super well done 
It's pretty short. It's a shorter documentary. It's like 15 minutes. But is it brand new? It just came out? or It came out, I don't know, maybe five or six months ago. Okay. But I'll look into it. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Um, you, re- you recently, or maybe not so recently, but David Sizemore is like on the Volo team now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we already had talked about it. I mean, it's funny because when the edit came out, people were like, about the time, and shit happened a long time ago. And it's like, I was just like, man, people don't, I mean, not that they should know, but that's been like, talk. we were talking about that like last year already, you know, like he's been doing so much for the, for the brand and, and just promoting, you know, the skates and, he was always around. He was always at my house, or I'd, you know, he was, we'd be on tour together somehow. Like we were in Russia, or um, things were happening. We're already doing stuff, basically. That's my point. Yeah. And the edit came out May, or how, what month was that? So it's like, to me, he's been working on that for a while, and I don't know. Anyway, he's on. He's on. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm going. I'm just thinking about that because it's like people think that the decision was made like yesterday when it was like a while ago. Yeah. But it goes back to the same thing though. It's, it's there's only so much that can be done. Yeah. Exactly. Grow, you know, it's like. Um, and you want to keep it as good as you can for. for yeah. The existing guys. Exactly, and it's tough. Yeah. And, um, but David did obviously deserves it. You know, he's, he's amazing. So, yeah. It's not, it's not like any secret for sure. He definitely deserves to be, you know, up there with everybody else. Yeah. But, oh, he, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. And he's young too, isn't he? Isn't he pretty young? Yeah, I think it's like 25, maybe. Okay. Weird. It's weird that 25 is young now. (laughs) 24. Mid 20s. Because it used to be like 15 was young. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when I started, I felt old. Yeah. How about that? I was 18 when I was traveling, starting to travel and all that stuff, so. Like and you felt old. 18, 19. I already felt old because I was with Randy the whole time. Yeah. And he was Randy like... Randy was 15. <laughs> How old is he? No, I'm... He's like 34 now. Yeah. So... Like 14, 15. Crazy. Yeah. So I felt old right away. And the behind. Like, damn, I need to catch up with this kid. <laughs> Those are tough, tough times. Yeah. I mean him. Me and him been through a lot together. And it's funny that now he's my neighbor. <laughs> through all these years, we still like are next to each other somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a long friendship. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Cause like I started, I when I started getting sponsored it was like ninety five. And he was already hooked up, you know. Um, and I'd take my first trips 
just for 50-50 back then because I was my first sponsor was 50-50 um, I also had a skate shop sponsor in Fremont called The Station but for trips like I would go um, to uh, LA oh sorry Laguna Beach a lot because that's where Daily Bread was and that's where Jess lived um, and we'd do a lot of photo like film shoots and back then there was like a lot of Australians were around like Tom Fry was around like my first session in Southern California for VG3 was with Tom Fry, Brian Konoski, Arlo was there, um, Jess, Jess Dearenforth, and Roadhouse. And I, and I was, it was like, I was like blown away, you know, like, holy shit, and we're shooting for VG3. And, um, yeah, just... So I'm just reminiscing right now, but that was like one of the first real exposures I had. And, and Randy was this. There's a scene in VG3 where uh, we're in UCLA, and Randy does like I think it was Mizu the transfer frontside down the square rail. And then I, then I come off to the end. It's nighttime. I'm like, oh, that was sick. I don't know if you remember that, but that was in his part in VG3. And um, that's that's that was like one of my first sessions. And Fry, um, Tom Fry was there, and Arlo, and. Uh, yeah, those were those were like crazy times. Because after that, it just didn't stop. Like, yeah, I was on the road all the time. I was traveling, um, and '96 came around, and I started getting better in transitions. I started getting better, and um, I I think I won this that year. Um, after I won this, um, I was skating for Rosies, and they were like. Oh, you want to go to Europe? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to Europe." You know? Okay, we want we're gonna bring you on this trip. You're gonna go, you're gonna go to Spain, and then you're gonna go to uh, Zurich, Switzerland, and then you're gonna go to Chicago. And you're gonna go to Chicago for uh, back then it was called the Scrap Contest. Yeah. And those were pretty big back then. Um, I was like, okay, you know. So I won this, and then um, straight to Europe went to Spain, and back then it was um, Barcelona. I was like my first trip to Barcelona, and I went there with. Um, Brooke Howard Smith, Andy Cruz was there. I don't remember who else was there, but uh, and I won that contest. I won two contests in a row, and I was like, "Holy shit, I won! Sick!" You know. And then the next, and I went to another contest in Zurich, and this was a bigger one. It was kind of like Lausanne back in the day. It was called the Rolling. I can't remember right now, but it was a big contest. A lot of people, big vert ramp, street course. Uh, I went there with Roadhouse, I think. Go there, Roadhouse. Um, I think it was there with Roadhouse, and I won that one. And I was like, "Wow, dude!" I can't. You know, I was like, fire, I was like yeah. cloud nine. I, I couldn't believe it. You know. Yeah. But then after that, after that, I hadn't won a contest till like 1999. So it was like three-year drought. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back it was then, a trip. Or, was there I like? Was there good prize money when you when you won those events? I know, not really. No. no. Like when I won this, it was like two fifteen hundred dollars. And when I um, when I won the Spain one, it was back more, in those like, days. Two, that's like that's like twenty grand, isn't it? Yeah, for a kid, it was good. You know, like yeah, you're getting a couple grand. It's like oh shit, let's go. You know, I don't know. Fuck what yeah. And then I won the 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 ones in Europe were more because they were they were they were like a couple maybe like a thousand dollars more maybe. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I don't even remember to be honest. Yeah, um, I didn't really care. I think I was just like, I was just stoked, stoked to yeah. be in Europe, you know. 
that's a pr- that's a pretty amazing but it was, it was funny it was funny because one do, one moment i do remember was again off the plane getting into do you know skateboarding you know a lot about skateboarding like pros and stuff yep with those people around i know i know a lot about you know skateboarding as, as well i grew up grew up around it and i get off the plane with randy i meet randy at the airport and we get in the shuttle right I get in the shuttle. I look. I look in the shuttle. It's Tony Hawk, <laughs> Danny Way, Mark Gonzalez, and Cole McKay. Oh, and I'm shit. looking at them like, and it's me and Randy. And I don't think Randy didn't know. I don't think Randy knew who they were. Yeah. He didn't care if he did anyway. <laughs> um, but I just to this day I'll, I'll never forget it because it was just so weird, you know. Because yeah. there was a big there was a vert demo and then they had a skateboarding demo on the same course that we had a contest at and. Um, but it's just strange, I guess, you know, just, just seeing like, cause it was a big event for them. It's a big event for us. And now seeing how their events are just so much like insane on, you know, on a bigger scale. Um, whereas back then, you know, role playing was, was like in the first X games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and we were going to events like every weekend, like Roadhouse was never home. I was never home. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just like a, a constant where are you going next i don't know where are you oh yeah okay well i'll meet you there i guess so <laughs> it was pretty crazy it was like always something going on yeah did you did you enjoy that or was it was it stressful at yeah. all or did you just love it i enjoyed it i i didn't really i didn't like the contest part when he when i lost when i wasn't doing well yeah, i didn't like right. that you know and I, I that's the only thing i probably didn't like but Whenever we did a demo, whenever we did stuff like that, we always, I, you know, I feel like I always did the best that I could, and I like that part. I like going, you know, with the kids and just, you know, just meeting people from all over and being exposed to different places I'd never been to before. But I didn't really appreciate it enough. Also, I didn't like see enough sights, you know, or I didn't, you know, visit. When I was in Europe, I didn't go see, you know, museums or I didn't I didn't do it enough. Basically, I was just there for skating, and then left and didn't yeah. really like nowadays. You know, if you got a trip to go somewhere, it's like at least spend another week to go see some shit, you know, or, or skate or street skate more or, or do something cultural. So and really appreciate where you're at and kind of understand more of like why things are there. That sculpture is like there for a reason. It's there for thousands of years. You should probably maybe like figure out why it's there, you know, or yeah, or what the, just the type of things know. that uh, like a thirty-eight-year-old guy would appreciate, as opposed <laughs> exactly. to a twenty-year-old. Yeah, there you're just like, let's go to the bar, you know, when you're twenty. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but you know, it's it, it is. It, I lo- I loved it. You know, that was the, that's the best part is traveling. Yeah. So. Um. And back then there was more money, and you were you were invited to do more things. You know, there's, um, I don't know, like the music, MTV Music Festival, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, things like it was like I remember just traveling a lot for like how many years, like six years straight. Wow. Your but parents- the tough part too. The tough part too was just like when like Randy left, he went to Rollblade, or like um, Josh 
Josh went to said I'm doing this new project. You know, and Petty. Like, okay, Petty. yeah, because he was on Rosie's too at the time. Or was he on Rosie's? Yeah, he was. And he was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this new project. Um, I was like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. You you want to you want to be a part of it? I was like, what are you doing with? You know, like, oh, um, this company called um, Upside Down. And I was like, really? You know, like, he's like, yeah, like, um, um, I can't remember all the details right now, but and the day was like, he he left, and then, um, I, I was, was that just me? Might have been me and like, as far as street skaters goes, like it was like. There was no one else to hang out with, basically. And then, um, I mean, I had Cosmo then. I had 5050, so I was still doing cool stuff with with the smaller brands, you know, like England and creating and stuff like that. But then I was like, all right, what's my next move, you know? Or is this going to be where I want to be at? Or, you know, this USD thing looks like it's going to be cool. So um, I got approached by, was it Matthias then? Or I can't remember who it was, but... Um, we all had a meeting and this whole, you know, the whole USD concept was, was formed and, um, had, we had to take, we had to sacrifice though, you know, we had to sacrifice pay and, and all this stuff and, um, to create this new thing and then in hopes they would develop into, you know, a, a profitable project that everyone can eventually make more money on and it grew, it got better. It obviously worked. You know, but it was definitely scary back then because um, it was like secure. You know, I feel like, you know, I can go on to the next trip or whatever. But um, I think I felt like, well, if there's no one there to do it with, that, that all the homies are gone, then what's the point, I guess, to a certain yeah. degree, you know, like I want to I have a certain vision. Everyone has a certain vision on where they want to be at and involved in and create, creatively um, express themselves through a brand, you know, and this cool thing was about to be formulated. So and that's where USD kind of, you know, kind of developed into. Um, obviously Arlo was involved and just Dustin, Champion, um, Shima, eventually, you know, I think was it, I don't know who the original ones, I think it was me, Dustin at first, Josh, Arlo, then, then Kevin eventually, and then Shima. I think Champ I Champion was Champion, on there. Yeah, Champion was on there. And then uh, that was it. And then we had that. We shot that ad. It was like, it was a sick ad that Shane made. I don't know if you remember. It's like, the emblem in the back, all orange, and then we're all kind of just standing around in front of this L, um, Photoshop emblem. It was it was sick. It was. Uh, it was exciting back then, but it was a, a new, refreshing thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, from a Grom perspective, the uh, the USD team was like the tits. It was like yeah. really exciting to see all those guys assembled into this new. It was like an product. alternative thing. Yeah. Like you had Rollbay, you had Rosies, and then you had K two. It's like, and then you had this thing. What's what is this? Yeah. USD. Whoa. And these guys are doing it like it's it definitely had way more edge for sure you know oh for sure it was legit very exciting yeah um yeah crazy times a lot of a lot of good uh a lot of good moments and 
we did a lot, all of us. And it kind of obviously went different ways, you know. Louis got involved too, eventually. Um, Shima went to go to Razors. And then um, Louis and Randy started doing Deshi also. That was kind of formulating. And this is all yeah. kind of a, over a period of time, but. Yeah. And I was, you know, to be honest, I was pretty bummed on the whole Deshi thing. Not pretty bummed, but I was kind of bummed, you know, like um, when the whole thing started because I didn't really know about it. I kind of I heard about something, and then Louie and Randy were working on something, and I was like, okay, that's cool. And they had Second Regime. Um, but they had their own brand. You know, they're they're working on their own thing. They had Deshi and... Um, which is a weird weird change of of pace with everything I remember because we had a pretty big team also Abdil Richard I don't know where I'm getting at with this but I eventually move on to do my own thing I guess that's fine yeah but like it it did it freak you out when Louie and Randy left to do Deshi? It didn't freak me out. It just made me feel like, wait, you know, like I've been here the longest. I'm still like old. I'm the oldest too. And an opportunity came up and it wasn't mine basically, you know? Like, yeah. well, it maybe it wasn't my, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my, it wasn't me to push it on to like, yeah, maybe I should do something now you know right I, I had talked with them you know with usd and they're like we really want you to be the face of usd we really want you to be this you know because you are you're you know you're one of the more dominant people as far as people look at usd as as john you know because and that's kind of like what i got gathered from it maybe back then it was, it was a different story i had this is what i'm feeling right now basically so that and that was cool that I was like you know what okay you know um, there was so much going on at the time like there's there's uh, so many projects happening IMYT was also happening you know the rolling game was happening there's a lot of traveling still and, and England was doing his thing and so it was like a lot a lot a lot to at the handle, I guess what I'm trying to say, at, the, at those periods of time, for me at least, um, it wasn't very simple. Yeah. There was like, it was a lot. I wish it was more simple. I wish, you know, I wish everything was more simple. But, um, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of egos involved, and a lot of uh, a lot of different um, people's uh, businesses involved. I wouldn't say egos. I, I just, it's just more of a, everyone, even need to, to create and, and, and develop, you know? And I think that's what USD was trying to do. They were, they were trying to, to expand and, and, and give more opportunity, which is not a bad thing. More opportunity for more skaters, more opportunity to, to get people behind the brand or something like this you know yeah. I, can, I can get it I can get it with it and I'm like yeah and I understand you know the team was huge also we have you know there was a lot of people on, on USD yeah yeah 
So then what was the push to leave USD? Um, opportunity and, and just, yeah, just opportunity. And um, with Rossi's, um, the for me, it was like starting fresh, you know, and, and having a solid base and having a manufacturing brand, a company that can manufacture a really good product. Like, that's like, if you have a good product, like, you, it's, that's ultimately what you're riding on, you know? And, yeah. and everything, oh man, like just being there, you know, in Italy and seeing the factories and seeing everything being made, you know, handmade, hand stitched, uh, everything glued, and, you know, everything's just like in your face and you can smell it, you know? It's like, there's nothing like how we develop skates. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's a resource that I'm so fortunate to be able to be involved in and so proud of, man. Like, I don't think people really understand when, like, I took those, I took a bunch of pictures. I don't know if you saw them online, but. Yeah, I did. It's like, the factory. I don't do, I, I, it doesn't do it justice to, to say, like, hand, hand stitched for 70 years or, you know, like, or this is, like, created by this lady right here. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, for me, I'm so proud of it and so, like, amazed that Volo's capable of becoming this thing. Like, this is it, you know? I, I, I can see it. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, incredible to me, you know? And But um, going back to, the, to that whole involvement and being, you know, able to do my thing, own thing with Rosie's is just... It just made sense. There's no way uh, uh, the, I would, the opportunity to do something like that was can happen anywhere else, you know, yeah. as far as being able to manufacture such a great product and, you know, Italian-made. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to create my own thing. Like, I had an idea of what my brand would be like, you know, like, and I was able to create something, you know. It was definitely scary. I was definitely, like, nervous and not sure how people were going to react and what was wrong you know i was learning so much i still had so much to learn on how to run the business and um the shops who was buying uh we're in the down market you know it was 2002 when all this stuff was happening the market was shit you know like it was just like we're bleeding was like not cool right that those years yeah like it wasn't wasn't cool anymore like people were not buying blades and was it the right time to to do this you know yeah. but, uh, but I did and 12 years later 11 years later wow still still, still here yeah um, but yeah I mean that's it's, crazy that it's been 11 years yeah tell me about it <laughs> not Super easy crazy. years yeah. At all, but um, but I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. I'll say it a million times. You know, um, to be able to still, I mean, have this podcast with you and talk about this company that I created and it's yeah. become, it's still able to tick. You know, a concept that started from nothing and. You know, it's a pretty, pretty incredible. Um, I, going back to the manufacturing, 
I got to see my, you know, escape develop from just materials, you know, like not like it's like a flat. There's just a bunch of, you know, there's a, here's the here's the materials for the uppers. Here's the plastics, and I got to see it created from A to Z, you know. And, so all in one place, they do they sew the liners and they. Oh uh, no! It's you... it's three different places. Okay. It's not, like the majority of the skate is not even made in Rosie's Rosie's factory. It's there's there's two different factories. One specializes in plat. No, it's actually just three. One specializes in the boots, and they have the mach- they have the, the machines to create uh, the, the, from from plastic to to the molding of the boot to creating the boot, the V13 M12 boot, and then a different factory. Uh, these factories aren't that big. They're 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 not that big. They're like one of them is like a garage almost. Yeah. But it's all in Italy. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, one place does the liners. Like I, I, you saw that in the, in the update. Um, and this lady's been sewing, you know, sewing boots and and, and shoes and you know everything, like all kinds of stuff for sixty years. Um, her, her family. So uh, all the companies out there. For, for the most part, our family run. It's pretty incredible. Like, like Rosie's is a family run business. Yeah. Um, they're owned by the Cavison family. And um, this liner, this liner, uh, the place where we get the liners from is a family run business. It's this lady and her son, they run the whole thing. And then another place is called Poker. It's uh, another factory, and they, they do the uppers, they do the skins. Um, and this guy owns it with her. And, and their mom and dad are there. You know, they're in the office. They're, you know, they're in there. And I, you know, it's like it's crazy. You know, it's like yeah. pretty incredible. Um, and they all—they're all so proud of what they make. Uh, you can just see it. You know, they're everything is the the man, just like the craftsmanship and everything is insane. Like um, the there's a there's a, picture, call it a few pictures I have of uh, the skin factory, and that lady is just amazing dude she just cutting to gluing to stitching to using the machine like she knows exactly every move she's doing like how we say control you know yeah she's controlling like from a to z dude it's like it blows my mind you know i've, I've i mean i've seen it before I, I go there every year but every time i go there it's like it's insane i don't know very fortunate to just have the resources uh to do totally very cool well this was really awesome John I'm really uh, happy that you were able to do it it's been over an hour uh, slightly over two hours Jesus yeah hopefully uh, yeah that's a lot of talking it was really good it was really interesting to hear a lot of of your stories and yeah we, we could probably do like 20 hours of conversation and and not run out of topics there's a lot of them. yeah very interesting but thank you so much for doing this my listeners are i appreciate be super stoked yeah how's this work is it going to be like cut up or no are you just going to press play? i just throw it up yeah <laughs> great yeah hopefully i don't piss anybody off i don't know i didn't say anything too uh offensive no i don't think you did yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thanks right. for thanks for the opportunity though. And no problem, man. It was good. To, yeah. It was good to reminisce and then talk about shit from a long time ago. So. For sure. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. Thank you.
and uh, good luck with Blading Cup and, and everything. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Keep in touch, huh? Yeah, for sure. All right, okay. peace, John. Let me know what I can do with help. Yeah, for sure. For whatever. Yep. Yeah. All right. Peace. peace.